much because she wasn't doing it like anyone else. 100%, 100%. Everyone else really is her son, like, out here, like... <laughs> Period. <laughs> and welcome back to another episode of successful failures i hope you've all had a good week and if you are new welcome my name is almina and i'm rebecca and together we interview some really cool and interesting people from all walks of life on what they failed at and try to inspire success from what lessons they've learned and today we are back with an edition of famous successful failures where we dive into the lives and times of some of our favorite famous and influential people and see what we can learn from their own failures and today this episode is for the barbs the barb so today we're sitting here with nikki nikki say hi to the fans hi guys i wish i wish i wish um okay. but no today we're just we're just going to talk about nikki minaj you know one of the best to ever do it kind of dominated the rap game for the past decade um so we're not only going to be talking about the challenges and struggles she's faced but how she's channeled them into her career her personal life the impact she's had on the industry as a whole um and you know discuss the opinion that some people have that she's fallen off i don't know why you'd have that opinion but anyway we'll get to that too um <laughs> so we hope we, we hope we can do our story justice yeah before we get into the story of nikki and all these discussions i just want to say i just had so much fun like researching her life like firstly mm-hmm. it gave me an excuse to like listen back and like reminisce and be my like 12 year old self listening to like starships which no, is the same <laughs> I actually can't believe I haven't listened to that song for so long. That Just as you mentioned slaps. it now, like, I started playing in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been a quick minute. Guy, like, that was my... Mm, like beep whatever beep the beep the word but <laughs> when I was like 11 or 12, what the hell? It took me back. Oh, it um, me back. But Isn't on that note... How long music's been in our, like, in our lives? Yeah, no, it's actually wild how long she's been in the game mm. um i didn't even realize she's re- actually no she's literally been in the game for half our life no, Rebecca. For, real. for real that's crazy for real and she's still dominating the game you know but um on that note we have to ask before we even get into it mm. what is each of our favorite songs by her so oh, rebecca what's yours this is a very hard question you know this is a very very hard question my easy answer would be to say anything that she's done with Drake or Lil Wayne. <laughs> the Drake, Lil Wayne, Nikki trio. Oh my gosh, they never miss. Guy, the, um, my, the what I was going to say was no frauds. You know, oh, no frauds. Yes. He, oh my gosh. That, that was crazy. Slaps and how so she pulled hard. that out the bag, like literally a few days after the whole beef. Guy, crazy, it crazy, was crazy. mad. But, um, very, very mad. Yeah, I guess I would say maybe my favorite album or the one that made me be like, yeah, Nikki is, you know, yeah, the one was probably Pink Friday, Roman Reloaded. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, that's the one that like, made me start, start to be a fan, like, for real, for real. Yeah. So, I feel yeah. like my early adolescent me would definitely mm-hmm. agree with you. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't know, I was listening to No Frills the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, like, this trio. Like, yeah, yeah, they're crazy. They're crazy. It's They'd just never mad. Missed. Have you heard um, Seeing Green as well, the recent one? Yes, and oh my god, um, 
her remix that she just did with Bia. Yeah, with Bia. It? I literally Guys. was blasting the car yesterday. Oh my god. Bruh, and their wigs, like the pink and orange wigs. Crazy. Did Girl. you see their live? They were Insta Live just before they dropped no, the No, I didn't see it. They were Insta Live. Oh my gosh. You should have you oh, should have hopped on. Damn. That was crazy. Dude. No, Nikki still goes very hard. So I guess that kind of answers our question. <laughs> so Nikki hasn't fallen off, but we'll get into that. Um, but of course, all our OG listeners will also know that we have to ask each other what we found out this week. Mm. Um, and I actually haven't thought of my answer yeah, me yet. Too. So Rebecca, I, I'm volunteering. No, I also haven't thought of mine, so. <laughs> so I guess this week, failure, if I was to say failure, I'd be repeating my old ones and, you know, I can't do that every time um so obviously if you know our day one listeners will remember back last year there was an episode where i was talking about the music film project that we got coming out soon me and manuel and Fwa, shout out you guys um i guess this week more than failure just like challenges trying to get stuff done on time on our timeline so yeah like not meeting deadlines for that i would say so how about you amina um i think mine would probably be with money and it's just oh, like I, <laughs> I haven't like you know made like dumb purchases or anything. But I just I was trying to save this month because like I'm supposed to be going on holiday, mm-hmm. and like I've just been spending too much money anyway. And I told myself I would spend less money this month, and it's just not going well. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I don't know why. Like I'm in London at the moment. I don't know why London just like you breathe and money comes out like they actually charge you to breathe i don't get like it's disgusting and it's like what's the date today 10th of july why is like half my bank account yeah why is half my bank account empty like that's just (laughs) (laughs) and it's just so awkward because i'm gonna have to like the last week i'm gonna have to like live on indomie or like toast (laughs) and it's just yeah it's a bit embarrassing to be honest but yeah i just need to stop spending money if that's Mm -hmm, like even mm -hmm, possible mm -hmm. in this country um you know i guess it's time to get more into our episode talk a little bit more about nikki um so the story starts um on december 8th 1982 when nikki was born in trinidad and tobago um so she was one of four children but grew up for the first five years of her life with her grandmother and 11 cousins um, alongside her brother, because her mom had moved to New York after getting a green card. Uh, so then at five years old, she also moved to the U.S. with her brother and grew up in Queens, New York, which she references all the time. Um, and I guess to say that she had a troubled childhood is quite an understatement. So of course, this is the 80s, uh, the heights of like the crack epidemic in America. And unfortunately, her father was a victim of this and was also an alcoholic. Uh, so things got really bad at some point. Um, you know, you, you read that he would sell items in their house for drug money and that cops were like a constant presence in their house. So I guess that was quite challenging from the onset for her. Her dad was unfortunately a drug addict. And another sort of repercussion of this was that he was also very, very abusive towards her mum and would often threaten to kill her. And perhaps the worst example of all of this, so like, his abuse and drug affliction and stuff like that was that in December 1987 so literally like the year that she had moved to America um he burnt their house down in attempt to kill her mom so as you can imagine this is a very like traumatic experience to go through at such a young age and it was Mm. not a stable or constructive household to like grow up in at all 
So she was facing challenges from the jump, really. Mm. And before we like go on, although like, um, even though obviously like at, at the beginning of her life and through her childhood, her dad might have not been the best presence, we don't necessarily want to cast a wholly bad image of him because Nikki has openly said that she has forgiven him and their relationship up until his death sadly earlier this year in February had improved a lot um so it's not to say that her dad was a completely bad person or anything like that it was just unfortunately falling victim to drugs and their relationship improved a lot but as you can imagine this had really really detrimental impacts to Nikki and one of these which wasn't necessarily detrimental but it's interesting how this uh impacted her outlook on life was that by witnessing sort of the relationship between her parents and the abuse that her dad sort of inflicted on her mum this really kind of sparked a drive for success looking at it in like a monetary terms so she said before that when she first came to america she would go into her room and pray to god to make her rich just so that she could take care of her mother because at the time um she thought that if she could take care of her mother her mum wouldn't have to stay with her dad and the only way that she could do that was to be rich um and her parental relationship also really influenced her outlook on love, which is something that we're going to talk about later. But yeah, this was quite an unstable household to grow up in and really impacted her mentally, um, both I think in a bad way and also not really in a good way, but kind of giving her that initial drive to really strive for success. Um, and on top of that, the America that Nikki grew up in was not really a stable environment. So she's spoken many times about how America didn't turn out to be the image of like the American dream uh, that is sold abroad. So like something she said was, I thought it was going to be like a castle, like white, like white picket fence, like a fairy tale. Um, and, but instead she arrived at a home she'll never forget. She said she remembered that the furniture wasn't put down and that it was all piled up on each other and she didn't understand why because she thought it was going to look like a big castle. Um, and then, you know, parts of Queens at the time could be pretty rough, like pretty, there were some rough neighborhoods. Um, um, yeah, and then, you know, on top of that, there was also the crack epidemic going on that we spoke on, spoke about earlier. And she said that despite the challenges of growing up in a place like Queens, um, it turned her into something that can face anything. Yeah, so as you can see, like, she's one of the best at like turning struggle into success um and these challenges followed her as she grew older so on the familial side of things and with money money was really really tight at times and when it was really sort of um constrained her mom you know they lived in a four-bed house in queens but when money was really tight her mom would have to rent her out and they would all live her little um her family into the basement below the house so nikki has said like she'd have to you know walk past the house seeing this new family that she had no idea like didn't know them walk into you know what used to be her house at times and she would just have to go down to the basement below mm. a really sort of demeaning and like heartbreaking thing to have to go through and on top of this she's also revealed like later in her career that when she was a teenager she also went through a pregnancy and an abortion um which of course is an incredibly traumatic and emotional experience as well 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I, she referenced that in in her song "All Things Go" from the Pink Pink Print album, in the line, uh, "My child with Aaron would have would have been sixteen any minute." Um, and she also admitted that she thought she was gonna die. So I mean, as anyone could imagine, this would all be like a really incredibly high experience for her to go through. And um, Nikki herself said that this was like the hardest thing she'd ever had to go through, uh, even though she knows that it was the right decision as she had nothing to offer the child at that point in her life. Yeah, and so yeah, as we've like kind of spoken, this was like a really troubled upbringing, right? But it nevertheless still contributed like her family and her environment being New York was so so pivotal to like her exposure into music so firstly like music ran in the family both her parents were gospel singers alongside like their main jobs and Mm. of course New York was and still is I think really the home of hip-hop like literally as she's growing up Mm. in her teens to early adulthood like the 90s the early 2000s she was quite literally surrounded by people like Jay-Z Wu-Tang Clan Nas, who first of all I did not know Nas has been around for this long. Oh <laughs> I yeah, know if that's Nas just guy. There are so many people like um, Nikki's story that I just didn't realize have been around for this long. Like I know oh, I'm yeah, not like yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> well, Nas like, is an OG. Like yeah, he's guy, old school. Like um, but he still puts so far. But yeah, he's old school. It's crazy. Like they were talking about like later in her career like how she did or like when she was first coming up she like did a song with like Yo Gotti mm. I was like ah I don't know he's been around this long but I don't know <laughs> I'm just like very not in like the music game so like I was just like all these like what's I don't know I didn't realise like Nas was deep like that because really? everyone seems to be no it's just because like everyone seems to be roasting him like mm, on like now. yeah so I just no, like no he was in his prime like in those days street dreams yeah and like no Nikki was literally surrounded by all these leading MCs, Jay-Z, yeah. Nas, Wu-Tang Clan, and they were all from New York. Um, so you can imagine just like growing up in this environment and you can tell in her music and her rhyme style that she's been greatly influenced by her surroundings. So sure. um, even though she'd had a really troubled childhood, um, it was also her upbringing that was really, really pivotal to her growth as an artist as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I know she mentioned that one of her first inspirations in the rap world was the song Mona Lisa by Slick Rick that came out in 1988. Um, so yeah, I guess, like you were saying, there were just so many influences for her in her, in her time growing up. Um, and she wrote her first rap song when she was just 12 years old. And actually, crazily enough, she initially wanted to become an actor rather than a music artist. So she auditioned to get into the... Fiorello H. LaGuardia High School of Music and, and Performing Arts. Um, and she graduated in 2000 from there. Um, and, you know, just to have an idea of how like good this school is, it, it's the school that has produced other greats like Robert De Niro and Jennifer Aniston. So she was really serious about that, that career path. Yeah, I had no idea that she wanted to be an actress. Like, I've seen her in films before, but, like, mm. I thought it was, like, yeah, you like know, a you're, you're a music artist. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's what I thought, too, you know. Like in what's that movie? Um, the other woman, she's in that, right? Y- yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, great. She did a great performance. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so after graduating um, in 2000, her sights were very much set on her whole acting career. And she did manage to get herself into a minor, I think it was a Broadway play called In Case You Forget. 
But if we're being super honest, her acting career was quite short lived. Um, and this is where we really start to see some like quite clear failures that she experienced in her career, um, other than just sort of challenges that she faced. Um, because she just kept on getting rejected at auditions, casting directors were just not really showing interest in her. Mm. And as you can imagine, it's quite easy to get very disillusioned by that kind of reaction. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she sort of moved away from acting and went into music. But it's really important, I think, when we're looking at her story more like holistically, not mm. to dismiss this period of her life, especially like her experience at LaGuardia, because if you just like look at Nikki, like especially in her early days, but just generally, like she's not just an artist, right? Like she's a performer. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, she really like brings her facial expressions, her music videos, yeah. like her alter egos, yeah. Harajuku Barbie, like facts, all of that. Facts, facts. Like so much of her experience, especially at LaGuardia, has been like credited a lot for like her very theatrical performances. Mm. So I feel like it's a really good example of how even though her like actual career as an actor was very short-lived and like not necessarily a success she was still able to bring those lessons and like bring that kind of influence into her work and I feel like that's why she like stood out so much because she wasn't doing it like anyone else 100% 100% everyone else really is her son like out here like <laughs> period <laughs> um but yeah I mean like you were saying this like that career traje- trajectory was quite short-lived so she had to start working elsewhere to support herself. So she worked at Red Lobster, but failures continued here as well. And she was apparently fired for discourtesy. Um, and apparently she was fired from quite a few, about 15 other jobs for similar reason, reasons, uh, including working in office management at Goldman Sachs. So, I mean, Guy, she really imagine had Imagine walking into Goldwyn for like an interview and just seeing Nikki like at the reception. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. Oh I mean, that's God. all the, like, recruitment kind of publicity, whatever that Goldman Sachs needs. Guys, so I would... Uh, everyone would be... Like, I mean, I know everyone wants to work at Goldman anyway, Anyways, but, like... to be fair. <laughs> great promo. Honestly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess this is around the time where she transitioned more into music, with her first big break coming in 2002, when she signed to the group The Hood Stars. Yeah, so um, she entered into this band or group, I'm not entirely sure, like quartet. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Um, but she also, this is around the time when her name was like Nicki Minaj, but her stage name was actually, actually Nicki Mirage. So I think like mm. using her actual last name. Mm-hmm. And I never knew, like, I don't know. I don't know if other people knew that. I'm sure OG Bob's obviously do, but I just never knew that she never didn't go by Nicki Minaj. Minaj. Um, so she went by a different name and this was also the time where she met the one and only Safari, her ex-boyfriend of over a decade, I think, who was also in this group. Um, so a lot of like, you know, pivotal moments here. Um, but again, this kind of period in her life was quite short-lived as well. Um, mm. But this time it wasn't necessarily due to lack of ability, but actually almost surpassing their ability because yeah. I think she knew that she could go solo and she knew that she was better than all of them essentially <laughs> um, and she would probably be better off if she went solo so that's exactly what she did yeah exactly um, and also the early 2000s was around the time of MySpace and all this early kind of social media era and she was definitely like a pioneer and an example of how 
social media could be instrumental in like gaining a following and a fan base for your music without having like a label backing. Um, so when she left the Hoodstar, she would like upload her songs to her profile and send some to people in the music industry and, you know, gradually more doors started opening for her. Um, so she started off small, kind of doing backup singing for local, you know, at local gigs for, you know, New York rappers. Um, and then two years after she left Hood Stars, she was able to sell her first concert in New York without any record label. So that's pretty crazy. Sell out, sorry, sell out her first concert. Yeah, and um, as Rebecca said, MySpace was really, really important. And it actually ended up being MySpace that got her her first like signing to a record label. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know, talking about MySpace is so weird because like mm-hmm. I literally don't even know what MySpace looks like. I feel like so Gen Z right now. <laughs> I have no idea like what even MySpace is. <laughs> I was never allowed to get it, but I definitely remember it like, you know, being I didn't there. even know it was a thing. Like the really? only first like social media that I properly knew of was Facebook. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But that's because like my parents were really like against it. Mm, like mm. yeah those were the um, early t- early times as well though so yeah i feel like it was such i mean the internet's already a crazy place True. but like just imagine it then when like literally no one even knows like what's to do um but yeah myspace was super important and in 2007 when she was around 25 years old the ceo of a record label called dirty money records found her myspace page and signed her for a six-month contract and this is when you know things really really started gaining speed and sort of gathering pace so in july that year 2007 she released her first mixtape called playtime is over her second mixtape came out the following year and she was able to really, really build like a significant underground following. I think, mm-hmm. again, really like utilizing her MySpace page. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And she was able to win Female Artist of the Year at 2008 Underground Music Awards. And in 2009, she released the one and only mixtape, Beam Me Up Scotty, um, which I think is like mixtape. one of her, yeah, her most legendary, famous one. Legendary, legendary. And obviously she's now put it on just like a few few months ago on, on stream platforms, so Yeah. Go listen to so that if you haven't. I remember somebody used to have um one of the songs, I think it was it was Itty Bitty Piggy. As you know when you call someone and then a, mm. a song is ringing before they pick up. And like at that like at that time, you know, I didn't have like you couldn't just stream songs or whatever. So I used to call that number when I wanted to listen to, no. <laughs> to the song. Guy, the length we would go to just to no, listen to real, a song. That's dedication. <laughs> Rebecca, are you sure you're not a barb? I was definitely a barb at some point. I mean, I, I can't call myself a barb. That would be, you know, an injustice to people who are actual barbs. But no, like, I, I stand Nikki for sure. For sure. <laughs> what are Drake, like, super fans called? Um, we don't have like a name. We just yeah, we just are. Damn, that's so boring. <laughs> well, you're definitely that. Yeah, I'm definitely that. I'm definitely that. Well, and obviously, Drake be- and Nikki's stories are so intertwined as well. So guys, so intertwined. It's crazy. So yeah, her mixtapes were fire, obviously, and she also ended up creating a name for herself by featuring with big stars like Mariah Carey and Robin Thicke. And this was, of course, around the time when Lil Wayne came into the picture. Um, and Lil Wayne at the time, and I guess even now, was one of, if not the biggest rapper in the game. And in 2009, signed her to Young Money, you know, Young Money, Cash Money, you know what it is. And signed, signed Drake as well in 2009, 2010. Um, 
And, you know, while we've spoken about this sort of quick rise success in the late 2000s, it was not easy for her, even though it happened relatively fast. So um, so in a 2011 interview, uh, Nikki spoke about how before her big break, she, so, quote, kept having door slams on my face. I felt like nothing was working. I had moved out on my own, and here I was thinking I'd have to go home. It was one dead, dead end after another. At one point, I was like, what would happen if I just didn't wake up? Uh, that's how I felt. Like, maybe I should just take my life, end quote. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, that's some, yeah, some heavy stuff. No, that's actually crazy. It's it's so, like, wild to me that, like, because obviously we only see the success and we just assume mm. that, like, when the times that running up to it, it was just, like, doors opening, right? Yeah. And that they weren't even, like, because, like, how can you not, like, how could you not see Nikki and just, like, be like, yeah, she's gonna, she's gonna be the next big thing. But obviously a lot of people Literally. didn't think that. Um, and, of course, even by 2010, when she'd really, really made a name for herself, things were not always coming easy. Um, so even though 2010 was, like, a really big year for her, it started out initially like quite rocky so mm. as rebecca said like she'd had some really really big features she was had some really big mixtapes as well but we were all waiting well i'm saying we like people were all <laughs> waiting for like her debut album and she released the first song massive attack that was really like intended to be the lead single mm. and as you can imagine after you're seeing all these features with like yo Gotti, trey songs you're really expecting it to be mad mm. like there was a lot of hype for the song but massive attack like essentially flopped like i'm sure like a lot of people actually love the song but at least at mm. the time and like commercially it just didn't do well and did not even like like start to meet the expectations that was expected of expected of her especially with like her lead single from her debut album yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense um and this was also followed by a few other singles that were put out which were good but they weren't really kind of hitting those benchmarks to reach number one like people were anticipating for her um, but then 2010 ended up being a massive year for her. So in October, she featured on the one and only Monster with Kanye, Jay-Z, Rick Ross and Bon Iver and bodied it. And this song really elevated her and also introduced her to many more fans. And of course, of course her um, debut album, Pink Friday, was released in November, debuting at number two on the Billboard 200 and sold 375,000 copies in her first week, which was crazy. Guy, can you imagine bodying a song with Kanye, Jay-Z and Rick Ross and no one's even talking about them? Can you imagine? Like they're only talking about you. Can you imagine? What's that line? 50k for a verse and no album out? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was actually crazy. Nikki actually like put them in their place with that song. For real. Um but of course with all this sort of come up um I don't know like I'm always still so surprised like I think like you said like her journey was like relatively quick I don't know like in the when you're looking at other artists but for me like I feel like after a year or two I would have really like packed it in mm. like if no one was like <laughs> or at least like my parents would have been like I like you Pack tried <laughs> um, but yeah this like her rise to fame pretty much took a decade like if we're being yeah, honest yeah yeah it was it was um, a long rise i guess the like the explosion was quick but maybe that was also yeah. just quick like from an you know outside view it was probably it probably felt like a long time for her 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was really like her rise to the Nikki that we know and love today. Mm. Um, but even in the past decade, she's obviously gone through a lot of challenges. We've kind of already mentioned like how she's been to subject of discussions, like she's fallen off, which we're going to talk about mm. a bit later. She's been in like countless feuds with so many people. <laughs> um, and also just like personal challenges, like mm. relationships that haven't survived and things like that um mm-hmm. but i think now we should really discuss firstly the impacts of the challenges that she's faced um but also just you know her impact whether or not she's fallen off um and yeah let's get into it um so yeah i mean i think a good place to start kind of chronologically almost is to talk about how potentially the impact of her parents marriage could have impacted how she talks about love now so like kind of the, the idea of struggle love ride or dies the ups and downs of a relationship. So she said uh, one time, I saw my parents fight and argue nonstop and never divorce. So I thought this was normal behavior. Uh, so yeah, she tweeted that in 2019. And then she said, so um, then she said, um, I really used to think love had to hurt. And then she also kind of highlighted the negative role social media can play in domestic abuse and said, it's not easy to leave. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I feel like that's an interesting point to, to start off with. Yeah, I think, like, especially the the idea of struggle love, like, especially in rap mm. or, like, I don't know, like, the hip-hop scene, I feel mm. like, I don't know if you agree, but I feel like it's kind of promoted, especially, like, you know, the rap and hip-hop game, not as much now, but it's really been, like, a male-dominated industry. Yeah, true. Um, and it's always been, like, you know, she's got a ride for me, like... Yeah, yeah, that's I facts. <laughs> like, that's these facts. ups and downs, but the downs is, like, cheating... Yeah. It's not just like an <laughs> argument. Yeah, facts. Facts. <laughs> but um, I wonder, like, do you think struggle love is still, like, as prevalent now? Do you get what I mean? Like, well, like do you think people, like, still stand for, for that. that kind of stuff? Not necessarily the abuse side of it, because that's mm, a very, like, touchy mm, topic. Mm. Um, but just the kind of, like, you know, not treating each other well, essentially. Kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like these days people are a lot more, like, sure in themselves and what they want. Like, I think, yeah, especially in hip-hop as well. Especially with the rise of more, like, female rappers as well. It's not just the male rappers saying they need their their girls to ride for them, you know. The girls, the city girls and all the rest, they're out here just, you know, you know, <laughs> on to the next if, if you're not going to do me right kind of thing. So, yeah, I feel like, I feel like that focus has probably shifted a little bit in the hip-hop scene. Yeah. I feel like it's also. I mean, yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely feel like women are like. Well, even though, like, you know, women can also be the ones that can be really horrible. Facts, (laughs) facts. It's not everyday women are trash, you know? Um, um, uh, I definitely feel like struggle love isn't necessarily perhaps as prevalent, but like, Mm -hmm. I'm still seeing like really mad videos of people being like, Oh, like he can cheat on me, but he has to do it like respectfully. Oh, or like yeah. cheating isn't like I mean, like okay, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. So like, if that's your opinion, that's completely fine. Mm. Um, but I feel like it still like kind of incorporates the idea of struggle love, right? Like yeah, it's yeah. not supposed to be easy, which I think is just mm. a really interesting because I don't necessarily feel like relationships are like I don't really feel like relationships are meant to be anything, but they're certainly not meant to be hard. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like you shouldn't be crying more than like, like you, know, you should be laughing. Or exactly, smiling. exactly. 
<laughs> I saw a TikTok the other, was it a tweet? I can't remember. And it was like, um, when I got into like a healthy relationship, I realized that not crying, uh, like crying every week because of like my man wasn't <laughs> normal. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's so crazy to think that people actually have that as their standard. Yeah. Just from like their, their circumstances. It's crazy. Yeah. But also like, it's really interesting because um, Nikki has like, she's spoken a lot about like her father especially um Mm. and even like the quote that you read out before right about how like she thought it was really normal she's also like talked about how it's actually like it really really molded like her personality and like her attitude kind of Mm. because I feel like a lot of people will kind of think that she's like very abrasive or like yeah blah, blah blah especially like the feuds and stuff yeah um but she said that like um, I'm just like reading a quote from him now um, and she was like people some maybe some people would describe me as abrasive or bitchy or whatever but what they're really seeing is her strength um, mm, it's because okay. I vowed that no man would ever abuse me call out my name treat me like that so she's kind of spoken about how it's actually like contributed a lot to like her very like strong personality yeah, 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 um, yeah. and how basically she won't let anyone like you know inflict that kind of harm on her which is really interesting as well because I feel like as she said in that first quote you read out a lot of people will kind of reproduce the behaviors that they saw their Mm, parents mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um go through which is very understandable obviously yeah and Um, now she's settled down has her her kid she literally has a son now. Literally, that's so crazy. An actual son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I watched this video the other day and they were like counting how many times she said like, these witches are my sons. Yeah. Um, or like, so-and-so is my son. And she said it like 56 times in like songs. Yeah, I would have thought it'd yeah. be more than that. Yeah, she actually, because there was an interview and she like predicted like 70 something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> it's a very like iconic line or it's not iconic crazy. but you pair that with her um, like instantly yeah <laughs> literally um but of course we can't like moving away a bit from like the topic of struggle love we can't talk about Nicki Minaj without discussing or debating what mm-hmm. impact she's had like in the music industry mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so I think like the most obvious place to start off is like her place as like a female rapper yeah. um so I wonder like what do you think she like what do you think she has contributed in that space a lot like obviously we can't say that she was the first female rapper to make waves you know there was the Lil Kims and Missy Elliott etc but I feel like she was the first in the new era to like set the path for this new era of of like female rappers for sure um I think people who try and kind of it's always a thing you see when like Cardi B was coming up people were trying to compare Cardi to Nicki but like they're just they're just doing their own things I don't know why for the male rappers they can all just exist but female rappers there's like only one spot available I don't think so I feel like Nicki I feel like Nicki created like the opportunity for so many people to have spots um because yeah she really did like set this new wave of female rappers for sure yeah definitely um 
that's the thing because it's like a tricky is even though like obviously she's like contributed so much to like the female rap game specifically mm. i watched an interview about how was it an interview it was like just like a documentary and she was talking about how like she doesn't like to be mm, referred to as like rough. a female rapper right because <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's why yeah. like even at the beginning we said like she's one of the best rappers like Period, not female yeah. she's one of the best rappers to ever do it Period. because i think that's also like what um my friend said this to me the other day about like why her impact was so big as well because if you see on like the monster verse right mm. like it's not that just she's a female rapper and she's on a song with male rappers she actually was like outdoing them yeah like male rappers that were dominating the game kanye jay-z and she was going toe to toe with them and yeah, yeah, basically yeah. beating them like no Facts. one was talking about kanye's verse Facts. um so i feel like at the time it was not like revolutionary but like i know she was really just proving that girls can do it and they can do it better yeah um and i think also what's like super interesting Mm -hmm. again shout out to tola because this is what she was talking to me about um she was talking about how also just the way that you know how we were talking about oh the way that she's not just an artist she's a performer right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but also her music isn't just hip-hop and rap like that's how she started out yeah but she literally like goes into pop r&b dark like european dance hall kind of vibes um so you have like starships and then you have like bees in the trap true do you get like she it's just the range for me like honestly like the (laughs) the versatility is and i feel like that kind of um like what she brought to just hip-hop in general i just thought was like really really interesting and like just like the theatricality of it um but then also actually i have a question for you Mm. like obviously nikki's like everything that she did was amazing in terms of just like her theatricalness right yeah but you know how there's kind of like a debate about whether um female artists just have to do more like if you Mm. watch female artists like they're doing elaborate dances like changing into three different outfits like there's so much going on and then you watch like migos and they're just walking around on the stage yeah Yeah, probably lip syncing (laughs) and just doing ad-libs like they're not um like women artists are always doing like the most engaging and like just amazing routines and I wonder, like, I definitely think a lot of that's to do with Nikki's, like, personality and she knew what she was doing, right? Like, she yeah. knew that what she was doing was new and no one had ever done it. Yeah. But do you also think that um, she was always going to have to do more and, like, be more of a performer? Yeah. Or, like, be more of, like, a character to do well? Do you get what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I never really thought of it that way. Um, probably on one hand, yes. Because she's already trying to break into a space where people are already kind of counting her out. So by doing more, I guess she's, you know, you can't ignore her. But also, I feel like more and more these days, concerts and things, male rappers, female rappers, just in general, I feel like the performance aspect is becoming a bigger deal. So you could also say that she was actually just charting that kind of path or she kind of saw that as being the direction that like live performances were going to go. Because if you look now, like, I don't know, Astro World or any of Drake's concerts and stuff, you know, you, you go there looking for a performance, not just, like, standing and jumping. So, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. I, maybe she... Uh, I mean, 
Don't I you mean, think that Travis, all, all Travis okay, does okay, is stand yeah. the <laughs> Okay, yes, oh yes, yes. Like okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but I guess, like, it, it still feels Even like a performance, Drake, I guess, because of the whole, like, LED setup. lighting. <laughs> no, no, it's not just LED lighting. He had, a, he had a flying car last time. Like, let's, you know, come on. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> he had the globe in the middle of the, um, of the O2. Like, he does, he does, he does do things. Yeah, but I'm not so, seeing him, like, jump out into, like, a, you know, dance routine. I mean, he does a little one to sometimes has some backup dances. <laughs> not his um, um, hotline bling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no Drake slander will be tolerated. Thank you very much. It's not slander. Like, I love Drake. And okay. his performances always look mad. Like, his concerts mm-hmm. always look mad. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like if Nicki was... Okay, no, everyone, like, everyone would love Nicki, like, no matter. But I feel like if... Like, if you're looking at Nicki and Drake when they first mm. started, like, especially because they both came out at the same time, right? Mm. I feel like if Nicki was just standing around on stage, like, rapping, I feel like she still would have done really well, but do you think she would have gotten as big or, like, people would have endorsed her Beautiful. as much or seen I as mean, much potential in her? I mean, I guess concerts only happen sometimes. Before she was doing concerts, people were engaging with her music anyway, streaming, buying, and all of that. True. Um, and I think it was her her talent and just kind of her... To be honest, yeah, I guess it's a package deal. Like, she's not just her music, she's her performance and everything. But I think people still would have appreciated just the music. Like, before I'd ever seen True. Nicki Minaj, like, seen a video, or I've never seen her live, but um, before I'd even, like, ever seen a video of her performing, like, I still knew that, I still knew that her music was crazy, so... Yeah, first, yeah, actually. I mean, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's still like I don't know. Sometimes I'm just seeing rappers just like walk around on stage throwing out gang signs, <laughs> and I'm just like they're doing nothing. Like, no, for real. <laughs> and then the next artist will be like a whole elaborate dance routine, and I'm just like, but I don't know. But I mean, um, sometimes all you need is just walking around. Like the crowd will do all the movement for you. That's very true. Actually, <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> when like, um, what's it called? They know all like the dance routines and everything. Yeah, <laughs> like I can't imagine Migos doing a dance routine for their performances. Like, it's just not on brand. Like, I think. <laughs> to be fair, actually, kudos to. Okay, I'm not sure if I should really be endorsing Chris Brown on this podcast, uh. but um, <laughs> like I, I don't know. I think. I'm not endorsing him at all. Mm. Please, no one come for me. But at least in terms of, like, performances, I feel like he... Like, because he's sick at dancing, right? Mm. So mm. I feel like he's actually one of, like, the female artists that actually, like... Perform. But at least, fair, I yeah. feel like in the R&B space, they definitely were performing. The Ushers, the Mario, That's true, actually. The Trey oh, Songz. Usher. Like, I feel like in the R&B yeah, space, the men were definitely performing. I think it's just the rap space. Not so much. Yeah. Fair sure, that makes sense. Um, yeah, that's very true. Also, like, one thing that I found super interesting when I was, mm. like, doing my research was about... Um, someone was speaking about how um, Nikki was also, like, very influential um, with kind of bridging the gap, not that it's completely bridged or anything, mm. but between hip-hop and, like, the LGBT community, which I thought was so interesting. Yeah, because I hadn't heard obviously, that before. Yeah, like, I hadn't even thought about it, because, like, yeah. 
hip hop, especially especially before, like was not an inclusive space true, like true, at true. all. Um, I mean, you only have to like go back and listen to. Yeah. I mean, it was an inclusive space for women as well. Yeah. Not only was it not inclusive, it was like openly discriminatory. Forget about like not inclusive. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, and basically, this like video that I was watching was just talking about how she has a lot of fans from the LGBT community, and that was like kind of revolutionary. I don't know if that's too big a word. But mm. especially because hip hop just had not been that space at all. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it might be because of like how she brings in other types of music. Yeah. Um, but then also just like um, who she is. And obviously she's been very like inclusive generally. Um, but yeah, I thought that was super interesting. That is really interesting. Multi, so, multi-impactful. Honestly, she's, it's just the range. The, really the, the range, range the versatility, the range. everything. Oh man, Nikki, Nikki. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess we obviously can't have this conversation without addressing the, let me not be biased, but like the crazy claim that she's fallen off or she's no longer the queen of rap. Um, so yeah, what do we think about that? I mean, I think we should firstly, I mean, my answer is no, but <laughs> <laughs> I think we should talk about like the, cause I did my research into this because even though I'm not a barb and I'm not like, mm particularly in the, like I'm not one of those people that will be like anticipating albums mm-hmm. but, oh my god like I mean apart from Rihanna like <laughs> oh god, like it's really not please. yeah um but like I'm not really that one, so I didn't really know that much about it right mm. but um basically I was just like trying to work it out like why are people claiming that she's fallen off mm-hmm. and some part of it was like her feuds right like mm-hmm. she was beefy like baby stormy like <laughs> <laughs> i remember when that happened and i was just like whoa i thought that was fake no i mean i don't think so because she was beefing travis oh and then, okay is that fake just, okay i don't want to be spreading fake news maybe, it, maybe it's real maybe it just seemed so crazy it seemed fake but Cause she no she wasn't like beefing baby stormy specifically she was also beefing travis but i think mm. she claimed that they were using stormy as like almost like oh, a marketing tool okay uh, but I mean, of course she's going to support her dad. Like, I don't know. Like, they were just putting her in a t-shirt. Like, she could barely talk. Like. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think people were kind of, like... So she, she's had, like, multiple views, right, from as mm-hmm. early in her career, like Lil' Kim and then Remy Ma, Stormy, Travis, Miley, Taylor, Cardi, Joe Budden, <laughs> DJ Academics. But Joe Budden is like, beefing everyone all the time, though. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, Nikki is also beefing everyone, true. so... <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think the feuds have contributed to it, especially like the ones like DJ Academics, mm. um, and like especially like Travis and stuff. Because when her album came out, it was Queen, right? Mm-hmm. It was Queen. Yeah. yeah um, was you know, she accused Travis of like almost what's the word like fraudulently getting the number one spot because she mm. like debuted at number two, um, and. Um, yeah, so there's like the fuse part of it, and then also like with her Queen album, apparently, like she had like a few singles that did well. Like you had high peaks on like the Billboard 100 or 200. Mm. So like Barbie Dreams, for example, reached number 18, but it fell off the charts like really, really quickly. Mm. Um, similar with like other songs like Megatron, and what people were saying was that this kind of shows that people aren't really listening to Nicki as much, and she might have like fallen off like kind of past her prime essentially and you know um cardi and all those people are just surpassing her 
Um, and then there's obviously the what's it called controversy about her never winning a Grammy and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So those are kind of the reasons. Um, I mean, personally, I can kind like I can see what people mean, like especially mm. with the songs like falling off the charts like people mm. aren't listening to her like if you're just looking at stats i can kind of see why people would say that mm-hmm, do you get what mm-hmm, i mean mm-hmm. but i true, feel like true. her features are still mad yeah um and like i don't know like i'm still seeing nikki everywhere like personally i don't know if that's just because like my demographic <laughs> so like it might be different but like i don't know i still feel like nikki is still like i don't okay maybe icon I don't know, because I feel like someone can still be an icon, but, like, past their prime. Does that make sense? True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, Jay-Z, I mean, he's still an icon. He doesn't really put out music anymore. Um, Yeah. However, I I mean, falling off, I think, is a strong word. Falling off is almost like you're no longer good or you can't be good anymore. You can't compete in, like, the current climate anymore. But I think she could. I mean, she also took a break intentionally, or oh, she wanted to, she wanted to take mm-hmm. more time like with her family. Um, I feel like there's also just like a lot of politics and stuff in the music industry. Like on her live the other day, she was saying how she doesn't like to collab with uh, female rappers. I don't know if it's just specifically female, maybe just in general. Like mm. I feel like that industry also maybe she weighed up like keep going or just kind of like you know lay lay back a little bit and just like enjoy life. So I feel yeah. like if she really wanted to, I feel like she could still be bodying people out here. She could yeah. still be putting out hit after hit. Like, mm. she's still, like, relevant. She can still compete with, like, the music that's coming out now. And yeah. also, like we've been saying throughout, she's not just an artist. She's, like, a whole persona. Like, she's a whole, like... Yeah, literally. A whole package. So even if she's not putting out music, she's still, like, a huge influence in the music world. Uh so yeah yeah i mean i guess there's two sides also talking about numbers if you look at some of the songs that are charting today you wouldn't necessarily say that these are like the next the people who are next up they just you know maybe their songs viral yeah, TikTok they're just or good something. at producing like, like tiktok yeah. songs <laughs> exactly yeah, literally so, um yeah, it's, it's interesting though what you said about jay-z right like how mm-hmm. um because I think my friend like brought up this topic about how because I was like asking my friends as well like why mm-hmm. are people saying that she's fallen off uh, I was talking to my friend about it and she was talking about how a lot of people think or believe or like it's kind of obvious that misogynoir is like implicated in this because even if mm-hmm. you look at Jay-Z right I mean mm-hmm. again you might know more about this than me Rebecca but like, I don't really feel like people are talking about like, oh Jay-Z's past his prime he's fallen off like I don't really mm-hmm. feel like people are saying that Mm-mm, yeah but everyone's starting to say that or not starting they've been saying that about Nikki and I feel like you don't really I mean I I feel like it could be implicated I know like I feel like some people do say it about some rappers but or like music artists in general and it's definitely possible to fall off it's like almost like you know when athletes no longer perform anymore yeah, like they, people yeah. younger than them are beating them so it's definitely possible but I feel like especially like you know we were talking about earlier like in the female rap game there seems to only be space for one person yeah um whereas in the male rap game everyone can kind of I mean it's not necessarily been peaceful like there have been loads of feuds but mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. um more people can coexist right 
So I feel like it might also just be with like the kind of perceptions of women and then perceptions, especially black women, and then perception of women in the rap game as well. I wonder if that has like anything to do with it. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I feel like that probably does play a large role because there's so many, you know, even like how you you thought like Nas was recent, like that just goes to show because he was in his prime before. I mean, he's still around, he still does music. But like technically you could say that he's past his like, you know, prime time but no one's really saying that so, to be fair no nah, i've heard a lot of hate about nas but maybe uh, well, that's just the people enough. i'm around don't like nas. <laughs> 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 to be fair i didn't really said actually to be fair i think they don't even think people were saying that he'd fallen off his prime they just didn't like him so i think that's a different oh, issue fair enough um, yeah <laughs> yeah no it's definitely different yeah 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 it makes a lot of sense but i mean in conclusion nikki hasn't fallen off no or maybe we can she step back but if she wanted to, she could, yeah, she could still be dominating. Yeah. And also, like, what's it called? Also, when we say dominating, do we mean the female rap game or, like, the rap game? Because I feel like we might uh, almost implicitly be talking about the female rap game. I mean, she could... I mean, there's lots of talented, like, female rappers now, like, so many. But that's the point, like, you can say Travis is dominating and Drake and J. Cole and Kanye... They can all just be dominating in their own lanes. Like, she doesn't necessarily have to over-dominate someone else. She could just, like, be dominating in her own lane. Female and in general. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Because also, that's the thing. Like, Nikki is, like... Obviously, she's followed the path of the people, like, the likes of Lil' Kim and stuff, and Mm. then moulded that into her own image. And then the people that have come after her, she's, like... um, established the path and then they've gone in their own directions right mm-hmm. um but like she is re- like there's only one Nicki Minaj like I don't yeah, like she's really established that kind of niche or like iconic yeah. image for herself yeah, yeah, yeah. so I feel like she's like as you said like multiple people can be dominating the game doesn't mean that they have to be dominating like one specific industry they can just be dominating what they're good at because no exactly, one's like doing it like exactly. them Exactly. Because actually, no, like, no female rapper is doing it like Nikki. Like, like not Nikki. even just, like, in the sense of, like, oh, she can spit. Like, it's also just, like, what she brings style, to yeah, the game. Sure. And other female rappers are bringing their own fire as well. And no one could bring that, Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, if there's not just yeah. one type of female rapper. There's a... Yeah. To be honest, like, I don't... Honestly, I don't even really know why people fight over music. Like, it actually seems really pointless <laughs> to me. <laughs> I don't know if that's just a personal thing, but I find it so weird. People really be beefing on the TL because <laughs> because someone doesn't like their favorite artist or something. Yeah, I'm just and like, I see tweets sometimes like, you know, this person doesn't even know you exist. Like, relax. Guys, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's no hate to bars because I can understand, like, if, if someone's, like, outrightly, like, coming for someone mm. that you like, I can understand mm. it because, obviously, if I start it, as you said, like, there's no going to be no slander about Drake on this podcast mm-hmm. but like i just don't understand why people would just be like oh someone's fallen off like this just seems <laughs> a bit weird business? like yeah literally just don't listen to them if you don't want to like <laughs> oh, man. i guess that's just um, the but... social everyone can have their opinion published instantly so like that it just comes with the new territory of this like generation i feel like honestly 
Yeah, that's that's what's actually kind of funny is because like she social media has aided her career so much, right? True. Like MySpace, Twitter, especially like that's really how she was able to like cultivate such a big following. True, um, and that's why she has such loyal fans. Um, and then obviously the backlash, like the pros and cons of everything, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so in conclusion, Nikki hasn't fallen off, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so kind of coming to a conclusion on these kind of things, I think it's also always really important to leave you guys with some lessons that we can take away from mm-hmm. her failures and challenges and struggles that she's faced. So um, one failure or one lesson, sorry, that kind of came out to me or spoke to me throughout um, throughout a life was knowing when something knowing when something isn't right for you you see it Mm -hmm. with her acting you see it when she walks away from hood stars and -hmm. in both of these examples as we mentioned earlier they weren't they were for the same reason one of it was lack of ability or like you know it wasn't the right career one of it was the right career but just like the wrong space to grow Mm -hmm. um and I feel like a really important lesson, it can be hard to know when it's right, like it's much easier said than done. But I feel like quitting is actually okay as long mm-hmm. as you like apply those lessons that you've learned mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're like, you're making like educated moves. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a really interesting like takeaway that I took from her story, just kind of seeing how she was like moving into different spaces. Yeah, 100%. I saw somewhere that if something is not giving you purpose, pleasure, or, like, paying you, you know, then quitting isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think quitting is always, like, positioned as a really negative thing. But sometimes it's not. Like, why would you keep doing something yeah. that's, been, like, not giving you any type of benefit whatsoever? Yeah, And you exactly. can take the lessons and, like, move on to something better, so. Definitely. And it's a big fact. The- the only other lesson um, is a quote from Nikki that I absolutely loved. And it kind of speaks to what we were discussing earlier about struggle love. Um, mm. But she has the most beautiful quote, mm. which is, I don't know if the secret of life is to find love, but I do think that one of the secrets of life is to embody love, which I actually just love that quote. Like, yeah. I think it's so beautiful, but also just really true because I feel like you attract what you are, right? That's yeah, the true. right phrase. True. Um, and I feel like, um, what's it called? I mean, she's done that herself. See her loyal, her legion of loyal fans. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you embody it, you'll gain it, which I think is so beautiful. 100%. Um, so yeah, saying this has been such a great episode. It was so interesting learning more about Nikki um, and like just going through her whole journey. And we hope you guys enjoyed it. You know, leave your suggestions in the comments. Um, And we hope to see you next week for another episode. Bye, guys.